I spit into the napkin. And my niece sees this, my pregnant niece. She's like, oh, my God, Aunt Sherry, what are you doing? That's so gross. Oh, my God, I can't look. And Maggie's like, what are you doing? You know, and Janelle's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, I broke my tooth. She goes, oh, my God, let me see. Let me see. I'm like, calm down, Janelle. Everybody, just calm down. Of course, Mom is sitting next to me just eating her sandwich and her soup totally unfazed by everything that's going on. Hi, I'm Sherry Todd, a former DJ, now a podcaster. Every week, I hope to take you on an adventure that informs, inspires, and starts conversations. I want to get honest, and I want to get to the heart of life and love. There's going to be good days, bad days, good shows, bad shows, and just like life, we have to figure it out. And I want to figure it out loud. Welcome to Sherry. Hi, nice of you to join me today. Another episode of Sherapy with Sherry Todd. So, what do you think about the Jeffrey Epstein? Are you sad that he died? Do you even believe that he died? There's a lot of um, conspiracy theories going through the internet right now about him actually being alive. That they've put him in witness protection. I've watched a few videos on YouTube and, you know, you do have to kind of wonder, you know, apparently a lot of powerful men uh, he was associated with, a lot of them. You know, there was, there's rumors of the Clinton, Bill Clinton, and we know he's kind of powerful and, um, you know, there's rumors that they've killed people. I don't know if that's true. There's Prince Andrew, English royalty, They're kind of powerful, don't you think? And then there's even rumors about Trump, President Trump. You know, if you're not president, you're pretty powerful, I would think. And I would think on his own, he was probably pretty powerful. And who knows what they're not talking about. Um, Could those people want to have him killed? I don't know. Could he have a lot of information that the police said, you know, hey, we'll give you witness protection. You just spill your guts. And prove it. Maybe he did. Honestly, I really don't care one way or the other. You know what I'm more concerned about is the survivors, the victims. His victims are not going to have their day in court. And that kind of makes me sad. You know, here's this man who took the coward's way out because I, I do believe he, he killed himself. How he did it, I don't know. I'm, I, as of this recording, um, I don't know. Nobody knows uh, how he did it, from what I understand. Maybe somebody brought something in to, you know, so he could hang himself. I I don't know. But the victims are not going to be able to have their say. They're not to be able to look their accuser in the eye. You know, you think it was somebody who had so much money. I mean, he was a billionaire. You think he could have probably fought this case and won the way things go for people who've been abused, sexually assaulted. You know, it seems like it kind of hardly ever goes their way. So you figure he might have had a good chance. So who knows? Who knows? But uh, it's sad that the real victims are the victims getting victimized again. So it kind of sucks. And uh, New York, really, you need to take better care of your uh, prisoners, you know, If they're on suicide watch, make sure that somebody's watching them. Simple, right? Speaking of New York, they passed 
uh, a new law, which I thought was great. For um, It gives child victims of sexual abuse more time to file criminal or civil charges. So if you're a victim, you can bring felony criminal charges now up until the age of 28. So if it happened to you at 10, you have until age 28 to file charges. You can file a civil lawsuit. It used to be up to 23. Now they've raised it to 55. So if you want to take that mother effer to court and sue them for everything that they have, you got till age 55 to do it in New York. As of now until August 14th, 2020, you can file a lawsuit at any age. They're doing this for just one year. So if you're 65 and you want to file a lawsuit against somebody who abused you when you were 13, you can do it no matter what age you are, if they're still alive, obviously. Or, or maybe you can sue their family. I don't know. You have to check into that. But I don't think California is even this lenient when it comes to um, filing charges and allowing this much time to pass to do it. Uh, you can go to R-A-I-N-N, Rain, and you can go to their to your state on that, and they'll tell you what the laws are for your state about filing uh, criminal or civil charges against anybody who's um, uh, abused you. Um, I'm not sure what all the states are, but you can find your state, look it up, and read what... what uh, what the law is. And if you don't like it, you can always go and change it. That's what's great about America. So I have a new Alexa Flash app. Uh, you can go to, if you have Alexa, and you may already have the current app, Skill, it's called a Skill. You can go to the Skill, search Sherapy, S-H-E-R-A-P-Y. It'll bring up the skills. There's the one that if you're using... You want to disable it and use the new one. The new one allows you to listen to up to 10 minutes of the show, of the latest show, the current show. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So if you'd like, go to Alexa, download the newest skill, just put in Sherapy and I'll bring it right up and just, just activate it, just enable it. So my niece, Danielle, is pregnant. I'm so happy for her. This is her first child. I'm so happy for her. And she came over uh, this past weekend, and we all went to lunch. Me, my other sister, Maggie, my sister, Janelle, and my mom, we went to lunch. Went to Red Robin, and I, I, I like Red Robin, and I love their fries. Now, if you follow me on social media, I had a poll asking people, would you eat fries if it came with no sauce, no no ranch, no ketchup, no nothing. Whatever you put on your fries, if it came with nothing, would you still eat it? And it seems like 99% of, of everybody would still eat the fries. I must be in the minority because I wouldn't. Even, I mean, I love having ranch and ketchup mixed together and dipping my fries in. I love Chick-fil-A, but if Chick-fil-A stopped with their, their dressings, I love their, uh, I love the Polynesian dressing. I would not order Chick-fil-A because that's all I go there for. I go for the nuggets, um, I eat the waffle fries, and I dip them. If they didn't have the dip, I would not eat a Chick-fil-A. And I got to thinking, you know what? I wouldn't even eat my fries if I didn't have ketchup at all. So that's why I did the poll. Thought, thought, 
that was interesting. But I love the fries at Red Robin with the dressing. Without the dressing, I wouldn't eat the fries. So anyway, we're at Red Robin, and I ordered a salad and took my fork, got myself a forkful of salad, started chewing on it, and crack. My tooth cracks right in half, cracks. And I'm like, oh, you know, so I have like a mouthful of salad, and I feel my tooth kind of like hanging there. So I grab a napkin, and I kind of like, you know, gross alert. I spit into the napkin, and my niece sees this, my pregnant niece. She's like, oh, my God, Aunt Sherry, what are you doing? That's so gross. Oh, my God, I can't look. And Maggie's like, oh, what are you doing? You know, and Janelle's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, I broke my tooth. She goes, oh, my God, let me see. Let me see. I'm like, calm down, Janelle. Everybody, just calm down. Of course, Mom is sitting next to me just eating her sandwich and her soup, totally unfazed by everything that's going on. So I spit the salad out, and I kind of try to get the tooth loose. For some reason, it's, it's, it's like stuck. So I kind of yank it out, and I'm guessing it was the root that came out with it. Yeah, everybody was pretty grossed out at the day. But, you know, what was I going to do? I guess I could have went to the bathroom. But anyway, I pulled it out, and I pulled the root out, and the root was like hard, like, like hard, black and hard. It looked like a, it looked like a, a, a nail. So I realized that's the tooth that I had the root canal in. And that's the same tooth that I asked the dentist last year, why was it gray? Cause it had turned gray. And she said, sometimes when they use mercury filling, it will turn your tooth gray years later. And I'm like, oh, my God, is the mercury leaking? Am I going to die? And she's like, calm down, Sherry, you're fine. So my tooth is fine right now. I mean, I have no pain. I, have, I can eat. I can drink water. There, there's no pain at all. So I guess I'm going to have to go to the dentist. And, you know, the dentist doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. I'm one of those people that it does not bother me going to the dentist. You can do a root canal. You can drill to your heart's content. You can take those little those little scraper hooks things and clean my teeth, does not bother me, does not. You can take those big needles and shove it in my gum. It does not bother me. You know what bothers me? It's the numbing gel that they put on my gums because sometimes I swallow it and it numbs my throat. So if I can't feel myself swallow, so it feels like I'm choking. I know, I'm weird. So they have to put like, um, cotton or, you know, like a cotton on the back of my throat or actually on the back of my tongue. So it kind of catches anything that may drop, but I have a really sensitive gag reflex. So, you know, when the dentist sees me, any dentist sees me, they're like, Oh, here comes share. I mean, I have a small mouth. So it's like always, can you open wider? Can you open wider? It's like not without dislocating my jaw, but yeah, and I have crappy insurance right now, so I'm sure they're not going to cover, uh, you know, to put a, a cap or anything on it. So it's going to have to be pulled. And I know dentists hate pulling your teeth because it leaves gaps and it's bad for your mouth. But I see dentures in my near future. In fact, Maggie the other night said, so what are we going to have for dinner? And I said, apparently I'm having mashed potatoes and baby food for the rest of my life because salad will crack my teeth, apparently. Okay, so I'm proud of these 
two people who I call my nephews. They have joined the podcast family. So they both have podcasts that I'm going to tell you about, and you can check them out. Um, my first nephew, Chris, and his wife, Jonna, have a uh, podcast called Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage. And they've been married about six, seven years. They have three children under the age of four. So if you want to follow them on, on social media, you can, because they got some crazy, their kids do some crazy, outrageous things. And But they talk about, and you don't have to be married to listen to it. They talk about, you know, self-improvement and motivational things. And they have a lot of advice for, for you know, young couples with, you know, that have just been married and, and you know, they've gone through a lot of things. And, and they, they they share their expertise and, and everything. It's, it's a very inspirational podcast, in my opinion. So grow yourself, grow your marriage. You can catch it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. And then my other nephew, Mike, he has a podcast called Business Grit. Now, Mike's a very successful entrepreneur, so his podcast is about talking about, you know, if you're just starting out in business or you've been in business for a while and you've hit a couple walls, Mike's been there, he's done it, and he's built his company into a multi-million dollar company, and he can give you advice on things that worked for him and things that didn't work for him, and, you know, just listen to his. So Mike Farrell, Business Grit, great, great podcast. And Chris and Jonna Farrell, Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage, check them out. And on my podcast, you can pause right now if you'd like and just rate me or comment or subscribe. That would be awesome. I know sometimes we forget towards the end of the podcast. So if you just pause me now and do it, I'd certainly appreciate it. So I'm going to talk about something that I was had been thinking about the other day. Some, you know, some days you just think about certain things just hit you. And I was thinking about my dad and how when I was like around in junior high, I was out visiting him, my sister and I. And we went to my stepmom's. Um, we had to go visit her mother who was in the hospital and Lori, my stepmom, had to sign some papers, so we went out there, and Lori went in, and for some reason, I don't know why, we stayed in the in the, the car, probably because we were too young to go in, and I remember asking my dad about, so, Dad, tell me about life. How do we make it through life? Thinking my dad would say something funny, and he goes, well, you got to fake it. I go, what? He goes, yep, you got to fake it. I'm like, what do you mean you got to fake it? He goes, it was like if you're applying for a job or, or you have a job and somebody says, can you do that? And you say, yep, I can do it. And then you go and you do it. You learn it as you go. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, like if one time he was applying for a job and the, and the owner said, can you drive a tractor? And my dad said, yep, I can drive a tractor. He couldn't drive a tractor, but he got on it and he learned it and he drove a tractor. So I'm thinking, okay, well, all right. And then I realized through life, I've kind of used that philosophy in a lot of things, fake it till you learn it. And I think we all do that. And then I was thinking about how we can fake it to where it can help us in life, if that makes sense. I'm finding that if we act a certain way, 
It allows your brain to rehearse a new way of thinking and it kind of sets off a chain of events in the future. If you, uh, you get what I'm saying, if we say it enough, we start to believe it. So here are five scientifically backed strategies for faking your way to a better job, relationship, or mood. Here's one, number one is, which is obvious, is smile. Now, if you force yourself to smile, it will lift your mood. And the people around you respond to smiles also. And they smile. And so eventually you keep smiling and smiling and smiling. Eventually you're going to get yourself in a better mood just by smiling. And the benefits is not only does it improve your mood, but it also lowers your heart rate. Who knew, right? Put you in a better mood. So smile. Just smile. doesn't matter if it's fake or not. At least Try to not make it look fake. My niece, Maggie, used to have the worst fake smile ever. You'd say, smile, Maggie, and it would look. Remember when Monica and Chandler were getting pictures taken and Chandler kept messing up? He just couldn't smile. It looked horrible. That's my niece, Maggie. She's much better now. But back in the day, boy, it would like, oh, you look at some of her pictures, school pictures. It's like, oh, Maggie, that's awful. (laughs) The next one is something I've never done. But it sounds like I might start doing it. Strike a powerful pose. Now, Amy Cuddy, a Harvard Business School social psychologist, shared in her TED Talk that adopting a powerful posture can affect body chemistry. She noted that people who maintain power poses for two minutes showed a decrease in the stress hormone cortisol and an increase in testosterone, a hormone related to dominance and confidence. So before you have that meeting or before you meet that significant other's family, whatever, go in the bathroom and strike a pose, as Madonna would say, and get that chest out and, you know, as opposed to if you're just sitting there with your shoulders slouched and your head kind of down and your back kind of, bent over. Yeah, that's not very positive. You probably don't feel very positive. But if you stand up, stick your chest out and, you know, and it makes you feel better. It's silently communicating to our minds and it kind of changes how we feel about ourselves. So we have more confidence going into whatever we're doing. So strike a pose. I think every time I start this podcast, I'm going to strike a pose, get my chest out. Of course, with my chest, I have to be careful. So, number three, pretend you know the answer. Now, not in an arrogant way, like those people who pretend they know everything and they don't know nothing. But what they're saying is, if you have the confidence that you know what you're doing, it shows and you start to believe it. In 2012, this is pretty interesting, there was a study where psychologists asked two groups to answer a set of questions on a computer. One group was told the answers to the questions would flash briefly on the screen. Too fast to read, but slow enough for the subconscious to register it. In reality, they were just random letters and numbers. The other group was told the flashing screen was a signal that the next question was about to come. In the end, the group who thought they were seeing the answers got the most questions right. 
So it just kind of proves that we know more than we think we know, um, but not in an arrogant way. It just gives us a confidence, I think, that if you sit there and you go in with the attitude like, I got this, I got this, you're going to do better than you would if you go in like, I'm going to... I'm going to fuck up. I'm going to, I, it's going to be horrible. So it's just about the attitude going in, no, thinking you know more than you actually do. Number four is which is what I do often, and I think most people do, is listen to happy music. Now, what was interesting about this study that they did is in the Journal of Positive Psychology, they did a study where they asked college students to listen to 12 minutes of happy music. Now, one group was told to fake a happy mood while listening, while the second group was told to listen without changing their mood at all. The first group, you guessed it, reported much higher levels of positive attitudes after listening. So if you listen to happier music with the intentions of changing your mood, trying to be happier, then you'll become just that. So studies show that if you fake happiness... Chances are you really will become happier because you'll start believing it. You know, it's all in the power of suggestion, you know. I'm happy, I'm happy, and you'll just start doing happier things. And, and music is a big part of my life. I listen to it all the time. I'm, I can't clean a house without it, you know. It just motivates me. I just, I just love music, so I get that. And five, which I have done and I think a lot of us have, mimic leaders you admire. Now, research shows that if you mimic someone you admire or has the skill sets you need, even if you feel like a fraud, it's okay. Herminia Ibarra, professor of organizational behavior, writes, by viewing ourselves as works in progress, we multiply our capacity to learn, avoid being pigeonholed, and ultimately become better leaders. We're never too experienced to fake it till we learn it. So that does make sense. If, if, you know, somebody is saying to you in a job, they want to, they want to promote you and you're like, I don't know if I can do this job. Just follow someone else that you admire and mimic them. And eventually you're going to learn and you're going to become better. I've done that a lot in my life. I've, um, I'm a big one on learning. I love to read. I love to go to school. I, I just, I love to learn. I mean, you can ask a lot of my bosses. I ask so many questions that drives them quite crazy because I feel the more that I know, the better that I'm going to become at whatever I'm doing, whatever job I'm at, even in life. The more you learn, the more open-minded you are, the better you're going to understand other people, other cultures, everything like that. So it's just about learning more and and mimicking people that you admire. You know, if there's people that you want to be like, like they say, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So, you know, there's nothing wrong mimicking somebody that you respect and admire. You know, fake it with others, but don't fake yourself into overconfidence. Balance faking with learning. Use mistakes as data for improvement. You have the courage to do something really hard, and learning from mistakes can only help you improve. Faking it till you learn it will help you grow into the person you aspire to be. 
give you confidence and help you achieve goals and live your best life. So that's this week's episode. I hope you were moved by this episode. If you were, don't forget to leave a comment, a rating, leave me a voice message. Um, you can find a lot of the links, including the Sherapy Alexa skill, the newest one, in the episode description or in the bios of my Sherapy with Sherry Todd Facebook or Instagram pages. And I'd like you to follow me on them too, because I share a lot of inspirational stuff on those pages. I do appreciate your support. And until next time, always remember to embrace your voice. See ya. Bye. You can find Sherapy with Sherry Todd in your iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or other favorite podcast apps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.